This is a headgum podcast. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to Buckets. Lots to talk about today, so let's just get right into it. My guest today is a friend, a actor, a fellow basketball podcaster. Please welcome to the show, Chris Wendelkin. You're getting bucket buckets. Chris, how the hell are you? Hey, Amir, what's going on? How's everything? Uh, what's going on there in Queens? You're in Queens right now, right? I'm in Queens. I'm in Queens. You look um, outside, I, what do you see? Uh, the su- I got a little bit of a shadow here, but the sun is coming out. Yeah, and, it's, one, uh, it's 1 p.m. The sun is coming out. It's probably, <laughs> it's what, setting in an hour and a half? Yeah, it's getting a, yeah, it's, it's getting a little dark. It's but fall, baby. It's fall. It's a little chilly here. I told you I was in Palm Springs the other day. Yeah. And uh, I'm back in New York now. And I came, when I left New York a week ago, I was in shorts and I came back and everyone's wearing hat and gloves. Yeah. So that's where we're at. I once went to Florida in the winter when I was living in New York and it was like 88 in Florida. And then we landed at like 5 a.m. and it was negative two. And I. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just on Zillow looking at Miami real estate while waiting for a cab. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty uh, much. All right, so late game last night. So oh, I wanted, baby. I wanted to talk about it right off the top. Um, it's yeah, funny. how you feeling? <laughs> it's funny. I was planning on talking uh, uh-huh. about the Lakers-Rockets game, uh, and mm. now the NBA moves so fast that we yeah. already have all this other information to talk about on a Laker game versus a Texas team that makes like the Houston game seem completely obsolete. God. I mean, the Lakers are zero and three, and all is right in the world. Yeah. Okay. So you were you didn't you didn't watch the game live, right? No, I watched the first half. I was texting with you and Billy last night, yep. and then I got in. Uh, I told you I, got, I flew. Uh, I took a red eye from Palm Springs into New York, and I didn't sleep at all on the flight, so I was super tired. So I went to bed last night, probably around eleven o'clock. I woke <laughs> up. I woke up this morning and there were, I think, 98 text messages. So right off the bat, you knew something happened. I knew something major happened. Yeah. Either there was like a huge trade yeah. or I knew we were watching the game. Yep. And I figured something really mo- monumental happened in the game where there was yeah. a huge trade. So it's like, I'm not even going to open this thread. I'm just going to pick up where I left off. So I took my dog to the park. We had a nice walk. I went to the gym, made some coffee, wow. came home, watched the second half of the game. A lot of self-restraint and- there. You wake up with 98 texts and then mm-hmm. you're like, I'm not going to watch this game a- until they after can- the gym, <laughs> after the walk. I know my friends well enough. Those 98 <laughs> messages are not important enough to interrupt my dog park time or my uh, time at the gym. Okay. So I came home. I, I made a little coffee, watched the second half of the game. Yeah. Um, and what a game. That game. What a game. It was absurd. I don't think yeah. I've ever seen a team steal a game and then have it stolen from them. Like it felt yeah. like... First of all, the third quarter already felt like the fourth quarter. Like there was a comeback. The crowd was into it. It was like 96, 95. And then the time ran out. I was like, all right, now it's the fourth quarter. There's another quarter Mm -hmm. of this madness. 
can I can I ask you a question? Did you feel at all like nostalgic or anything? But like between the Spurs and the Lakers, like the the fact that that game mattered last night at Staples Center, yeah, it felt like the early two thousands again, right? Like with Robinson and Duncan, and so here's the thing: like even in the early two thousands, these games in October. First of all, I don't even know if the season started in October in the early two thousands. I, right, I when the way I remember it, it's like a November first start time. So now we're right, starting right, earlier. Right. I've never felt. I always such remember like Halloween. Yeah, Halloween ish. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, th- yeah. this is a Monday night game on October twenty second, and I'm watching Crazy. it like it's the Western Crazy. Conference semifinals game four. I woke up with ninety eight text messages <laughs> from you assholes, <laughs> and I understand. I totally understand because so much. It, it was that good. So much happened. So much yeah. happened. So quick yeah. recap: uh, Lakers keep. Uh, they dug themselves into an early hole, down twenty or so in the first quarter. By the way, did you get my text that I bet the game at that point? Lakers were. Like, oh, you did. Lakers were plus three seventy five, and it felt like you know this is a home Great game. Bet. The Spurs aren't going to shoot ninety five percent for the rest of the game. Great bet. Let me put eleven dollars to win forty. Uh, yes. The Lakers come back. They. Spurs respond, come back, respond, come back, respond, all the way down to maybe two minutes left where the Lakers are down eight. Sorry, a minute left, the Lakers were down eight. Uh, The Lakers score, get a stop. LeBron comes down, hits Kuzma in the corner for a three. We're only down two at this point. Uh, Then we, um, sorry, we're down three at that point. Then we get another stop. Bryn Forbes, like, launches a desperation heave, which, by the way, almost banks in. Uh, yeah. LeBron's trying to call timeout because he got hit in the hat. <laughs> he got hit in the face. They don't give him the timeout, so he just takes the ball up, steps into what seemed like a 28-footer, drains it. Staples is just going nuts. We're tied up. You saw that, right? Yes. Okay. Sta- <laughs> At that point, the Lakers went from probably a 1% win probability to like 60%. We're heading into overtime at home with so much wind on our back. We have all the all the momentum. Mr. Momentum has changed his jerseys. He's wearing a Lakers jersey. <laughs> sure. We're in overtime. The Lakers start pulling away. Do you see that play where it's like Josh Hart, his like pinky was maybe a millimeter from out of bounds. He saves oh, yeah, it to Alonzo who tips it Incredible. to LeBron. <laughs> Incredible. I mean, that was like the most circus ass play. It was like, if they're pulling those kind of plays, yeah, obviously they're going to win the game. Yeah. You know, like that, that's when it just felt inevitable. Yes. So at that point, the Lakers, that was, Lakers were up three. We stole the ball. We gave it to LeBron and one at Staples. Crowd ballistic. Showtime is back. The basketball gods don't give you that and then take it away. Like that that doesn't happen. I've I've watched a lot of basketball. That the crowd going that crazy at that moment to go up six with fifty seconds left, that's a ninety nine percent point nine percent win probability sure. for me. Like sure. we're not losing that game. <laughs> Of course. The Spurs come back, score, then we, they get a stop. Rudy Gay hits a fucking desperation yeah. three. The Rudy Gay three. <laughs> That's when you knew it was like, wait, 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 wait. wait yeah, because but, but even at that point, who, Lakers are up one with the ball with 12 seconds left. Plus, you Were again, you watching, which, so were you watching on NBA TV or like which telecast were you watching? No, I'm watching my local guys, Billy Mack yeah, and Stu Lance. Right. So I watched the second half with the Lakers telecast, again, having no idea what was going into it. Yep. And, and the, the Lakers telecast team kept being like, just don't let up a three here. That's yep. the one thing yeah. you just <laughs> can't let up under a three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like the one thing you cannot allow is yeah. a three pointer, and uh, there's fucking Rudy Gay at the top of the key. Drains and just it. Drains it. Drains it. Like, oh, man. Rudy Gay. 
Just Dude, I have a thought about Rudy Gay. I have a thought about Rudy. I have a thought about Rudy Gay. Yeah, let's hear is, it. Is is Rudy Gay like how much better or worse is Rudy Gay than like Carmelo Anthony? Aren't they, <laughs> aren't they kind of like very similar players at this point in their career? I think at this point, Rudy Gay is a better player because he doesn't Rudy carry G- the emotional tortured baggage, baggage. of yeah, Carmelo right? Anthony. But fundamentally, they're kind of the same player, right? Yeah, they're like, er- like a six foot eight. Beefy Early thirties, yep. beefy scorer who used to be like a first option has sort of decelerated into like the third option yeah. on a veteran team, right? Do, do, <laughs> do you remember that Simpsons joke where Bart and Homer get arrested and over the loudspeaker they say, "Mrs. Simpson, we've uh, captured your son. Please come to the prison to claim him. We've also captured your older, balder, fatter son," which is how they're referring to Homer. So now, whenever yeah. I see these players on a team, I feel like the Spurs have DeRozan. And also right. the their older, balder, older. fatter DeRozan, <laughs> right. Rudy yeah. Gay. It's That's like amazing. it's like the Nuggets yeah. got Marcus All in addition to Jokic. Yeah, like these teams with these players that are like the older, balder, mm-hmm. fatter versions of themselves. Yeah, but I think I'd rather have Rudy Gay on my team at this point than Carmelo. Oh, absolutely. Right? And like, yeah. there's a reason Greg Popovich Why? didn't even touch Carmelo Anthony. Melo, yeah. right? Totally. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the yeah. uh, LeBron gets oh, so here it is. LeBron gets fouled. He misses both. Yeah. Uh, the Spurs, of course, draw up a play for Patty Mills because it's Greg Popovich mm-hmm. and it's the Spurs, and it's just execution down to a T. There was just there was this one there was this one point in the game where it's just like you see the difference between these two teams. Where it was a Lance Stevenson ISO, and he's waving off Kuzma, oh, dude, and then Kuzma that, like oh, runs over to they're him. They're screaming at each other. Oh my god! <laughs> During the play, I'm like, okay, so oh. this is the difference between a new team with yeah. Lance Stevenson on it. And then, yeah. oh, it was the end of the third quarter. And then the right. Spurs come down the other way, run like a perfectly executed backdoors, pick and rolls, slide to the basket. Oh and I God. think, was it Patty Mills that hit the three at the third quarter buzzer? We're like, oh. that's, the, that's the difference between these two. Not was only it? like teams, but franchises. Like the Spurs yeah. are going to run a play that works for maybe Bertans. It was an yeah, East, you're right, you're right. a, a European player that the Lakers have never mm-hmm. even heard of. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile... The Lakers are just fucking Lance Stevenson iso balling the game to death. So if it, it well, felt- you could see that you could see that play developing, right? Because Lance like started getting into hero ball mode. Oh, like, yeah. he had that <laughs> one incredible <laughs> drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he's like palming the ball, and then he starts screaming at Kuzma to like set him a screen. They want to play two man ball. It's like, oh god, Lance is really <laughs> feeling himself. <laughs> Lance Stevenson, but, what a, yo, what a delight to watch. I, I, I'm with you. You texted it to me last night i'm in on him like he's a good player and he's look i know i i'm the biggest laker hater i love to make fun of the lakers but the tr- truthfully i'm all in on this team i think they're good and i know they're off to an 0-3 start and they have work to do and stuff but i think they're gonna be okay you know like as long as expectations are reasonable like i don't i don't think they're gonna be the third seed in the west that's like a little much no but i do think they're a savvy you know i do think they're like a savvy veteran group these guys are talented that game last night everyone played hard with so much passion the young guys look great kuzma um javel javel mcgee's playing out of his mind what about jonathan williams like 13th man off the bench from so Gonzaga. What, yeah what did they say like like wasn't he cut at one point and they they brought him back yeah they um, signed him to like a two-day contract the, or right, two-way right, contract right. i should say yeah uh, three days ago 
Yeah, I mean the, the Laker uh, the Laker broadcast team was saying defensively he's like one of the few guys in practice that is like as communicative as like Rondo and LeBron. You yeah, know? Like he's he's really smart and savvy. So I just think they're a deep team, but they're all they're a collection of new guys. These guys they just have to figure out how to play with each other, and they will. Like I, I'm really not as concerned about the Lakers as I'm sure you know like the media is like, they're going to drum up all these stories now about the Lakers being on three, yep. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But, um, I, I think they, I think they'll figure it out. Yeah. And LeBron said, said as much in the post game conference. They're like, are you concerned? He's like, no, I know what no. this is. Like this is October 23rd. Uh, I mean, we're three yeah. games into an 80 game season. We yeah. are in every game. And honestly, so much about that game last night felt like great signs. I mean, Kuzma had 37 points, um, you know, nine times out of 10, LeBron James on the foul line in overtime is going to hit one or two of his free throws. He yeah. missed both last night. And the game like, winner. We haven't talked about yeah. that. He missed the step back game winner, which would right. have like just really erupted and like started like right. cementing his Lakers legacy. Exactly. So I'm, I'm betting, I'm, I'm buying Lakers stock, even though they're, especially because they're 0-3. You know, people are going to be like, you know, it's going to be Panic City, I'm sure. But like, I am definitely buying Lakers stock. I think they're totally capable of being like one of the lower seed um, playoff teams, whether it's like a sixth or seventh or eighth seed. Yeah, I, I equate it to like, have you ever been rock climbing? Yeah. So have you ever been rock climbing with Billy? No. So um, I'm sure, as many of you probably know, Billy is our buddy who's just absolutely jacked. He's just the strongest guy I know. So mm-hmm. sometimes I go rock climbing. I used to go more, but sometimes I go rock climbing. And I look over and I see these, these, these athletes, these climbers that are not necessarily as strong as Billy, but getting up the wall because they're just so technically sound and savvy. They know the technique. They know the form. That's the spurs. Yeah. Then yeah, I then yeah. I pan across the room and I see Billy getting up that same mountain using none yeah. of the technique. Nobody's taught him anything. Right. He's just using right. brute force. That's force. the Lakers. The right, Lakers right, are just right. getting by on having LeBron and a bunch of like Talent. young, athletic, long yeah. scorers. Yeah. What? But once if Billy learned how to climb like yeah. those very savvy, competent climbers. Yeah. Once the Lakers learn how to play together, because they are. Their disadvantage is something that can be taught. It's learning how to play together. It's chemistry. Technique. It's, yeah, it's yeah. technique. It's uh, effort. It's awareness. It's like, you know, stopping the ball. It's executing on offense. It's executing on defense. That's the kind of stuff that will come with time. And that's kind of what I was worried about with the Lakers to start the season was like, you know, eight new players. They don't know how to play well together. But hoping that they can steal some victories just off sheer brute strength and, you know, having LeBron on your team. They'll get there. I mean, like I said, like nine times out of 10, LeBron is going to hit one or two of those three free throws, or he's going to hit the the game winner. Yep. But also just like to your point about time, I think that is probably their biggest obstacle for the Lakers is like, can they, can they just be patient? They just have to like tune out the noise and take the lumps, Mm -hmm. you know, like all, all teams have this problem. The Miami heat, when, when LeBron went to Miami, they, they, you know, they didn't come out of the gates like, you know, gangbusters or whatever. They, it, it takes time to yeah. gel as a team to figure out your <clears throat> roles. And especially when there were young players. I mean, the Heat were primarily all vets. 
and they played on the Olympics together, you know, Bosch and Wade and um, Bosch and Wade and LeBron. This is like, these guys have never really played together. So they're figuring stuff out and they're doing it on the fly. Yeah. It's going to take, it's going to take 20 or 30 games for them to sort of hit the hit the ground running. Yeah. I, I do think they'll, you know, have a nice little streak here at some point. Yeah. And the fact that Kuz scores 37 and Lonzo's starting I mean, to like make shots and play a little more confidently. Josh great Hart looks sign. great. All these, yeah. all these signs are optimistic, despite the fact that the Lakers do indeed have the worst record in the NBA. I'm a very, I'm a very optimistic Laker and, fan at 0 and 3. Yeah. You know, that's, how, I mean, like, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but that's how like sometimes stats and numbers can be like a little deceiving too, because if, if, if you just watch the game, you know, your eyes don't lie to you too. I mean, like the Lakers are 0 3, but they they look better than an 0 3 team. And like I said, they have they have the best player in the league, LeBron James. They have a bunch of great young players, athletic. I mean, Kuzma hit four of ten three pointers last night. Wow. Thirty seven points, eight rebounds. I mean, you know, I did LeBron have a triple double? I think he was close. He was right there. Yeah, I mean, twenty seven, fourteen, and eight or something. It, insane. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they're they're just figuring stuff out. You know what I need? I need my buddy Jesse was like, "When is the first Laker game that won't feel like a Western Conference Finals game?" Like I just pretty need, much I need the Lakers to go to Detroit, play at four p.m. a non-national televised game. Let's mm-hmm. just get like a blowout win under our belt. Let's just play well, a team that's not fighting for their playoff lives. Seemingly, we played Portland, we played Houston, we played San Antonio, back to back to back, epic games, national TV. There were fights. There were like you know buzzer beaters, overtime, like back to back to back dunks. Give me just like a normal Laker game already. I can't Dude, handle this. Honestly, you know who's rolling their eyes right now are the Cavs fans because that's what they've spent like the last four years experiencing. Like right. every game, every game was like the Super Bowl where it was like, <laughs> does LeBron still want to be here? Is this good enough? We're on national TV. He but, looks mad. But you know, it's like I'll argue that the Laker games are like the Cavs games, but plus. The Lake, like the Lakers. Yes. So like while yeah, the Cavs exactly. games were them playing in a fishbowl, it was still the Cavs. The Cavs. And the yes. Cavs, ultimately, like people in Cleveland are just so like in, insanely happy to have this opportunity. Whereas in Los Angeles, it's like the, it's like the apocalypse, yes. right? It's, it's exponential because it's LeBron plus the Lakers and it's right. all, all the history. Yes. Right, 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 right. All right. So I'm yeah. ready. For, I'm ready for Lakers at Suns or something, which I think is tomorrow's <laughs> game. By the way, the right. Ingram and Rondo also didn't play yesterday. So like if you're looking for more yeah. encouraging optimistic signs. Maybe those players will come back. Um, All right. This is an NBA podcast, not just a Lakers podcast, unfortunately for me. Um, So let's look at some larger trends. That that game yesterday finished 143 to 142, which, you know, maybe three, four, five years ago would have, like, gotten the uh, shocked emoji from some text messages. But Mm. in today's NBA, I feel like nobody's really raising any eyebrows you're seeing these games in the 130s, 140s. The Pelicans scored 149 in regulation the other day. Uh, scoring it's is absurd. It, uh, insanely, uh, scoring is way up. As of yesterday, I think two-thirds of NBA games had hit the over. Do you have any ideas? Wow. Do you have any theories as to why the fuck people are scoring so much? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What have you found? I mean, I have a, I have a couple of theories. I read a couple of interesting articles about this. I mean, the first thing I'll say is I'll like, you know, pump the brakes and like err on the side of caution a little bit, which is to say like, I don't know, most teams have played three or four games thus far in the season, right? So some even um, two. 
Yeah. So like, you know, the Pelicans have played two games. They're averaging 140 points a game. (laughs) So it's like, you know, something tells me that that's not sustainable. Yeah, that's true. But also, but also there are trends that are like league wide. And that sort of indicates that, you know, we're potentially going to witness something historic this season. So Kevin Pelton at ESPN wrote this piece the other day and he said like, all NBA teams together collectively currently are together are averaging 113 points a game, which is seven points up from last year. Already the Kings and the Hawks have both had 130 point games so far. Yeah. And like we're a couple games into the year. League average was 113? 113, which, which is se- yeah. seven points up from last year. <laughs> also, like, does any team aver- like, did the Warriors even average 113 last year? Like, that's, so t- that's what's leading you the NBA. Perspe- to give you some perspective, over the last 20 years, the 2016-17 Warriors had the most points per game over a full season, yeah. and they averaged 115. Okay, got so it. So, like, the Kings, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, th- this is just, like, it's it's really unprecedented yep. what's happening. Yeah. Right now, The uh, like I said, like, the uh, the New Orleans Pelicans are averaging 140 points a game. Yeah. Over 100, over 100 possessions, they're at 127.9 points per 100 possessions um so it's just like then then you start to wonder like okay why like what what's happening this year that's like that's causing the result in scoring so this guy um this guy jim eichenhofer at uh, nba.com wrote a piece and he kind of pointed to a couple things one is offense offensive efficiency pace spacing and then defense so in the case of offensive efficiency he's he like makes the argument that like in the in the case of the pelicans they're doing damage in like a variety of areas they're leading the league in field goal percentage in total baskets made their assists are up i mean like on their team drew holiday and alfred payton are both averaging like eight or nine assists a game yeah which are probably like top 10 right so there's that um, the pace of the game is just faster. You know, teams are, are, are running more. They're playing smaller. You're seeing smaller lineups. Yeah, more so, possessions you know, equals more points. More possessions, right. Teams are getting up and down the court even faster. And as a, as a result of that, they're spacing the floor, right? There's more three-point shooting. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're seeing small ball. Yep. And, um, like, did you know... Did do you know right now who, as of last night, anyways, who was leading the NBA in three points uh, attempted and uh, makes and three point attempts? Yeah, it was Kemba Walker, right? Kemba Walker, right? He's 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 six for twelve from three <laughs> per game. Per yeah, game, yeah, that's like a I mean, Steph good game was what yeah. Kemba was averaging. Now, now Kemba Walker is a great player. He's an all star, and you know Steph Curry, you know James Harden, Kyle Lowry. We expect it from these guys. Yeah, but like Garrett Temple, yeah, like Garrett Temple <laughs> is like a top ten three point shooter as of you know two or three games into the in into the season. So, so it it's seems like, like a little bit of pace, a little bit of efficiency a little bit of a statistical aberration where just like, you know, if he shows any four games of last year's season, maybe there was a hot four games. And then this just happens to be the first four games of the season. Yes. But also like maybe a bigger trend too is like the defense element, you know, like teams are playing faster. They're playing more upbeat. They're allowing more possessions. And as a consequence, defense is going to suffer, right? It becomes less of a priority, less of a focus, and even stronger defensive teams that are playing at a fast pace are still allowing a hundred plus possessions possessions per game or you know 100 plus points per game um so i mean those are those are my initial thoughts but like i'm still 
I don't know, pumping the brakes a little bit. Like this, I mean, this would be historic if it continues at this pace. No, and I don't think it will. I don't think the I don't think the Kings are going to give up 130 points per game for the rest of the season. I don't know if that's sustainable either, despite how yeah, ba- despite how bad they're playing on um, defense. Um, yeah. But that being said. Um, the fact uh, I'm reading a lot of quotes from players that are saying the game is being called differently. Like players are getting to the mm. line easier. All these yeah. fouls are like uh, LeBron was saying that like you can't even touch a guy anymore. It's almost like I'm seeing it in the NFL as well, where it's like you can't touch yeah. a quarterback. It's starting to be that's how they're protecting yeah. the perimeter players in the NBA. Yeah, the same way like in the NFL, the way that like offense exploded when the official like when the rules and the officiating made it so to like protect the quarterback. Yeah. It seems like the same thing is happening in, in basketball, which is like protect the shooter, give all the advantage all the advantages to the shooter. Yeah. And like make scoring, not defense, the priority. Yeah. And I guess it's working. I mean, the high scoring games are more exciting. It's it's funny, Utah played Memphis yesterday and I looked yeah. and it was like seventy nine seventy with a couple minutes left to go in the game. I was like, wow, I, I haven't seen that, that in a while. <laughs> I know. I guess if I two teams were going to do it, it would be Utah uh, with Rudy Gobert and Memphis, like the grit and grind Grizz. And they won, yeah. they won in Utah. Do you, do you like this? Like, are you, uh, are you a fan of like the up-tempo game or do yeah. you miss any of the defense? I, I mean, do? it's, it's so entertaining. Even though the Lakers are 0-3, like the fact that we've played three really, really, really entertaining games, I can't be that disappointed as a fan. Right. Um, ideally they would have won one of those three, but you know, again, it's still early and I'm like just such a fan of like being not just exciting, but relevant again. Uh, it feels like it's good for me, but yeah. also for the NBA as a whole. Yeah. Um, zooming back a little bit to the Lakers Rockets game. Cause there was a, there was a fight that I feel like we should address cause oh, I haven't man. spoken about it. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was at the game, so I couldn't quite so, see the phantom yeah. camera slow-mo zoomed in until the next day or two. I uh, have a question for you about this, but okay. tell me what you, yeah, ask away. And then I'm, I have some questions for you. As a Laker fan, I haven't liked Chris Paul mm-hmm. in a while as a basketball mm-hmm. player. Um, mm-hmm just very whiny. Uh, I think he complains a lot for a player that's as good as he is. He doesn't have to do all these tricks the way Harden and Lou Williams and Chris Paul do. Uh, so seeing him get punched in the face uh, was a thrill. And I think not just for me, but the entire crowd chanting Rondo as he got ejected from the game. It's, I feel like it speaks to the undercurrent of NBA fandom as a whole. As a non-Laker fan, were you excited to see Chris Paul get punched in the face? Were you excited yeah. for the fight? <laughs> were you? Where do you land on Rondo v. Paul? Because those are two players that aren't necessarily fan favorites. Yeah, uh, I love. I loved it. First of all, I am. I'm a huge Rondo fan, so I, I. I just like love the way he plays the game. Um, but I'm not. I'm, and I'm admittedly also not a big Chris Paul fan. Um, I find, you know, I just think he's kind of whiny and complainy and I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I also have a lot of respect for the way Rondo plays. He's very just like, he's a grinder, you know, like he's kind of an old school player. He doesn't really have, he doesn't really seem to have like friends in the league. <laughs> <laughs> so I really, I, I, that's my kind of guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you like but the I, I, I love the loners, but I found the fight like, totally and utterly captivating i was at a wedding in palm springs i'm sorry to and hear that. i w- yeah thank you i was there with a bunch of laker fans and you know it was like smack dab in the middle of the reception 
And yeah, I guess you you were at the game and you texted me and I was the first person of my friend group to glance at my phone. And I was like, You're the uh, Rondo of your friend group. Totally. I, I glanced at my phone. And I was like, holy shit, we got a situation. And what, it was like dominoes, one by one by, you could see each Laker fan at like the table where I was sitting. Yeah. They all started pulling out their phones. Yeah. And it was like, we were up in the mountains in Palm Springs. It was like not the greatest reception. So people were like trying to get these videos loaded on Twitter. Being right. like, Did he connect on a punch? I'm hearing that he spit at him. What happened? What happened? But um, I was totally captivated. I think it's one of the most exciting thing i mean it's probably the most exciting thing that's happened to begin the season right i mean it's like certainly like one of the more iconic moments yeah uh, season you rarely see a fight at at all anymore let alone this early in the season um yeah it's funny because in my section of the game it was sort of the same thing because they don't show you the replays of the fight because they don't want to put incite violence right so people are like refreshing twitter refreshing house of highlights like let's get a let's get a good view of what happened exactly because it looks like a skirmish from 80 feet away but you can't really tell who connected with what who punched who so it's all hearsay even in the arena yeah and they're not going to put it up on the jumbotron right? right so it's like it's up to you to find it on your phone exactly um, so as, and then I'm thinking, wait, the Rockets already got into a fight with the Clippers at Staples last year. Why That's do, right. Why, why, do, why do not only basketball fans, but basketball players seem to dislike the Houston Rockets? Can you speak to the likability of the Houston Rockets? Because I have my reasons, but I'm wondering if they're the same as yours. Yeah, I don't know. I find that like Chris Paul, they're a little showy, right? They're a little showy. Yeah. Um, they're I, I I'm not the biggest fan of their like style of play, but that's not a reason that like people I think fight them. I stylistically, I just find them a little boring. They're very like ISO heavy. So at, at least last year they were. Like the plan was just to, oh they still are. You know, have, yeah, they have these like very boring possessions. It's like pass the ball, but yeah. um, I don't know. I think on a personality level though, they're. They act real. They act more tough than they are. Like I, I just don't think. You know what I mean? I just don't think Chris Paul's that like tough of a guy. He's this annoying little point guard. Yes, and that's what makes him a great player. You know, he's yeah. like very scrappy. He's very chippy. He's like the kind he, of guy in elementary school that would like put his finger right next to your eyes but not touch it. He's like, well, I'm not yeah. doing anything. I'm not breaking the rules. I'm not touching right. you. And it's like, right. I know he's, you're not breaking the rules, but it's really fucking you're annoying, being an Chris asshole. Paul. Yeah, 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 you're being a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, like when somebody's um, guarding and, him really close, he just throws his body into him and pretends he's shooting a three and they call a foul. And he's like, what? Yes. I wasn't breaking the rules. You can do that. And it's like, I know you right. can do that, but you don't have to fucking you throw your body into yeah, anyone who's yeah. like trying to body you up. I also just hate the way that he works the officials. Like he is so, like he just complains so much, and I think that really like turns me off as a fan. Just watching him, I'm I, I'm just like just shut up and play. Especially That's the one thing he's I lo- so good. Yeah, he's so good. He's so good. He doesn't need to like complain about every single call. And that's really why I respect Rondo, who's not as good of a player as Chris Paul, but like at least he keeps his mouth shut and just plays the game, you know? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Chris Paul just gets under my skin. So that's why I was happy to see him get punched. I was happy to see the Rockets get in a fight. And yeah, they certainly feel like the villains of the NBA. Like they, they feel a little bit like outlaws. Yeah, that's why that Western Conference Finals last year was so interesting because like everyone wanted the Warriors to go down, but like at the same time, I'm like, I don't want it to be the Rockets who get. <laughs> like yeah. I'm still rooting for the Warriors who fe- do to me still feel like the good guy compared to James Harden, Chris Paul, PJ Tucker, yes. and company. Yeah. Now, can I ask you a question about this fight? You actually so- can. 
Oh, great. Yeah. Where where does seeing where does seeing that fight? So it was Rondo, CP3, and Brandon Ingram. Where does that rank? That live fight, and you were there, and it was LeBron's home opener yeah. with the Lakers. Where does that rank among like your all time craziest Laker memories? Uh, all right, all time live memories, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm sure you've had different ones. Obviously, like that fight is not going to obviously, you know, hold like what like it's not going to be you're not going to compare that to like Shaq and Kobe winning a championship. Right. But just like when you think of like all time crazy things, all time crazy Laker memories. Yeah. That's like, got to be right up there. Right. Especially considering you were at the game. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because there's been like playoff moments like the Fisher point four. And I was uh right. I was at a game. I was at a finals game in Boston once where the Lakers lost and the crowd was just so insane. And that was fun to see like a Lakers Celtics finals game, but nothing, yeah, wow. nothing as absurd happened. I was in Orlando when Fisher um, made like a three to force overtime. And then we won game three uh, right. in that finals, but it wasn't like a spectacle. It wasn't like showtime style uh-huh. basketball where it's like, uh-huh. holy shit, we have the best player in the NBA and now a fight's breaking out. And be- best part of all, I just saw Chris Paul get punched in the face live. Uh, so fun. I don't know if I've. I don't know if there's an equivalent to that. What did it look like from your seat? Like, did did first of all, did you see? Could you see it clearly happening? What did it look like? We were on the other end of the basket, so like I saw Ingram getting into it with a ref. I saw Ingram shove Harden, mm. and then okay. and then there was just so you a skirmish. Yeah, and then there was a skirmish yeah. and bodies flying. I didn't see like the. I couldn't see the spit from my section. Let's just put of it that course. way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You showed me your seats. Yeah. What was what, what was what was the mood like? What was the mood in the crowd? Like, we're we're fans. Oh yeah, we were chanting Rondo. I mean, like he yeah. he instantly won the entire crowd over. Of course. Yeah. And he feel like he feels like a fan fr- fan favorite already. Yeah, and it's tough because now Lonzo's starting to play well. I really don't. I like when they play together. I don't know who I would I choose to start. Is it pop? Like, can they play them together? Uh, they have, and they can, uh, because yeah. Lonzo is starting to, you know, make his occasional spot up three, which is like right. he can shift over to be a two guard when Rondo's in the game. I guess that would be the big concern, right? Like, if they both play together, is there enough shooting on the floor? But if Ron- if if Lonzo can start knocking down those threes, yeah. then that would answer the question. Yeah, I mean, we play so small. At a certain point, McGee came out like Kuzma was at the five. We mm. we played like with. Our point guard, Brandon Ingram, at six nine, was taller than our center, <laughs> Kyle Jesus. Kuzma, at six eight. It was it was real futuristic basketball at a certain. They were point. playing Kuzma at center. Yep. Jesus, that's uh, so fun. Again, look that. at look at us sliding back into Laker talk. Let's let's yeah. try to zoom out a little bit. Give a little bit okay. to everybody. Um, sure. One week in, we have so much more information than we did even when we were drafting our over unders. Um, even in terms of your over-unders, what kind of trends do you think are aberrations? And one are, what are you um, actually thinking that this is going to keep up for an entire season? Um, well, I mean, kind of like we were talking about before, I think the scoring is maybe a bit of an aberration. I have a feeling that we're probably trending towards like an all-time uh, you know, high in terms of scoring across the league. Yeah. But, um, you know, one thing that I think is for real, something that's like eye opening and interesting to me is Kawhi Leonard. I mean, he looks really good and he looks healthy and it feels like the Raptors are answering some questions early on and Kawhi Leonard is answering some questions early on. Yeah. We're going to think they're going to be, we're going to forget a dangerous team. We're going to forget that a week ago people were still like, I don't know, but is it going to be, is it going to be Kawhi of two years ago? So no, yeah, that's been answered. 
I think it's already been answered. There was that one like put de- put back dunk that he had in like the first game or the second game, and I was like, holy shit, yeah. he's healthy, he looks engaged, and if that's the case, the team is better than it was last year that's with right. DeRozan. That's right. Yeah. Um, so that's a good one. What about OKC own three? Are we worried about them, or is that just you uh, know a three game losing streak? I think it's just a three game losing streak. They're missing. Um, they're missing their defensive stopper, Andre Roberson, and I, I know it's going to be a couple months before he's back, but I, I try not to hit the panic button too early with any of these teams or look to, you know, like make too much of anyone that's 3-0. I mean, like the Pistons are the Pistons are undefeated. I, I, I'm not like banking on that happening or, you know, the Nuggets right now are 3-0. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some regression there. Yeah. But um, – yeah, I mean, like some some interesting, trendy things for me. I, I I was curious headed into the season where Giannis and Anthony Davis would kind of if they could pick up where they left off. The Bucks, I think, look really great. Um, Budenholzer and Giannis look great in Milwaukee. Um, you know, Budenholzer came in there and sort of like revolutionized their their offensive scheme a little bit. Like they they just seem to be moving the ball more. It's a yep. faster paced offense yeah. and um, they look really good. They look really, really good. So I read somewhere or tweet or something that said that what if Budenholzer is what Steve Kerr was to the Warriors? He like joined a oh, team totally. with so much talent that just wasn't right. being coached properly. And yeah. now you bring in Coach Bud, who's like such a yeah. smart yeah. Spurs. I saw the same coach. thing. It was like, what if Budenholzer is to Kerr what uh, Jason Kidd was to Mark Jackson? You <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. Which is like um, funny because Mark Jackson and Jason Kidd were two old point guards. So oh, that's right. it stands to reason uh, that, that if you bring in a real coach versus yeah. just a guy who was good at basketball, they would yeah. play. I mean, and the, the style of play is so differently right off the bat. Like, they're only, you know, you see, like, this Houston Rockets-style basketball where they're only shooting threes or driving to the lane. They're not shooting yeah. any mid-range shots. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's the new new NBA, right? I mean, the the other the, the other one that I mentioned was Anthony Davis. And, you know, like, that, that was something I was curious about headed into this season was could the Pelicans and Anthony Davis pick up where they left off last year? And, you know, Anthony Davis at some point in the spring last year just turned into a freak, you know, like they, the, the Pelicans had that crazy string where they just ripped off a whole bunch of wins in a row. They kind of were, were red hot headed into the playoffs and, uh, they, uh, who did they sweep in the first round? It was Portland. Right. Of course. And, um, yeah, I mean, early on new Orleans looks incredible. Uh, you know, it's only two games, but they're averaging 140 points a game. Anthony Davis, yeah, Anthony Davis is, is averaging 28, 13, seven assists, two and a half blocks, and two and a half steals a game. All they need to do um, is play the Kings every other game, and they'll go <laughs> right. 80, at least 82 now. They'll average right, 140 right. a game. That's not the hard but part. But, dude, <laughs> what's crazier, I mean, honestly, what's crazier than Anthony Davis is, like, Nikola Mirotic. Like, what he's doing, that to me feels, like, we all know that Anthony Davis is an all-NBA player. Yeah. But if, no, if Nikola Mirotic, I mean, again, two games, he's averaging 33-9 and nine right now. He's making five of eight three-pointers a game. I mean, it's only two games, but I think like a guy like Miritich or Alfred Payton, those are the real barometers for me, where it's like, if even even if they play like 70% as well for the yeah. rest of the year or 60% as well for the rest of the year, that's a really good sign for them. Yeah, like a lot of players have, a lot of teams have superstars, but let me see how your three through six players, the role players yes. do. And that's like yeah. what separates the Warriors from a team like maybe the Thunder. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like in in the case of the Pelicans, guys like Etwan Moore, Miritich, Alfred Payton, uh, you know, Drew Holiday, like that to me feels like th- that would be their recipe for success. And if there was going to be a team that claimed like the second or the third seed in the West uh, outside of, you know, the Rockets, that, you know, that's how New Orleans, it would be New Orleans if those guys all played above their head. If you, if we were doing the over under draft again, would, would you um, target any team differently? Who do you think would go number one overall at this point? <sighs> well, um, I mean, I think the Pelicans look really good. I think people, I think I, yeah, I drafted Pelicans over. Um, That's right. You looking, drafted them. Oh, but you drafted them in like the seventh round. So nobody wanted to yeah, touch that. It, I, I think they would have gone earlier, yep. right? So um, I think they would have gone earlier. Other than that, I'm I'm thinking like, I think the you Bucks know, over. I think the Bucks over the might Bos- be um, a sure thing at this point, over 40 I remember. I remember the Boston Celtics flying off the board early. They're currently two and two. I'm still a huge believer in the Celtics, but maybe maybe they don't go in the first round. You know, maybe they're <laughs> more of a mid round pick. Yeah, they're at, they're at like fifty eight and a half or something. Yep. Yeah. How do you feel about your picks from over under? Anything you're concerned or excited about? Oh, I'm only concerned. Um, I have <laughs> I have the Spurs under. They looked great last night. I had the Lakers over. Shit. That one hurt me. Shit. The Thunder over. They're zero and three. <laughs> the Jazz scuffling. Uh, the, I have the Cavs over. They're zero and three. They look like they might not win a game yeah. this year. I have the Knicks yeah. over. They're struggling. And then right. my one pick that look is like that looks kind of fine as of now is the Magic over of all things because they look like yeah. they're going to be competitive in the East. Yeah. and they're over yeah. thirty and a half. I thought that was your best pick. I was like, is Steve Clifford. I think. They're, they're, they were 30 and a half, and last year, how many games did they win? 26 or 27? Yeah. I was like, I, I bet Steve Clifford can get them to win three or four more games just on effort alone. Right, plus their rookies getting a little bit better. They're trending up, mm-hmm. I, I would think, at least. But yeah, I'm, I'm concerned. Top uh, Picks one through eight for me. Sure. Don't don't choose Team Amir in your fantasy over under league league. Basically, is what, what are the what, what are the leftovers that the uh, fans of the podcast are oh, with the scraps? Yeah, good question. Um, Bulls over twenty nine and a uh-huh. half. Have they won a game? Bulls. I don't know if they have. Have not won a game. Their own three. Yeah, Mavericks under thirty three and a half. They uh, look good. Two and one. Yep, they look good. So that's two bad picks for the fans left over. Bucks under forty eight and a half. So maybe the maybe the fans are not going to be as lucky. <laughs> but then they also have Celtics under fifty eight and a half, which we'll you know see. we'll see. Yeah, it's it's we'll a long see. season, and it's, yeah, it's funny because the NBA comes at you so fast. There are so many storylines that like we haven't even touched on that would have been the craziest thing that happened in maybe any other sport, uh, yeah. including specifically the Jimmy Butler situation. Which Jeez, I don't know please. if I've seen, not only in the NBA history, but in any other league where a, a player is openly rooting against his management and other players, demanding a trade, refusing to, <laughs> being uh, refused a trade, and then playing on that team and winning games for that team. Like, everything about this doesn't make sense to me. It's, I equate it to like the George Costanza trying to break up with someone and then the girl being like, no, I don't, I don't agree with that. And he's like, what do you mean you don't agree? She's like, you know, it takes both of us to agree. We're not both turning yeah. our keys at the same time. <laughs> Thibodeau is basically like, no, I don't, I don't think we're, I don't think we're breaking up. And, and Jimmy Butler's like, all right. And he's still right. playing. <laughs> it's not yeah. like a holdout, which we've seen before, which is a player, you know, like standing his ground, holding firm, not playing. He is playing. Mm. He's winning them games. He's also yelling at them, yelling at management, saying, trade me, and then also saying, you can't win without me. So I'm right. getting a lot of mixed messages from this Jimmy Butler situation. Have you ever seen so anything he, like it? 
No, I mean, this is like totally unprecedented. I'm curious, in in your opinion, if we were to go to Vegas right now, would we be getting favorable odds to predict that he would be traded this year? Or like, what's your gut? Is is your gut saying that he's probably going to stay put for the next couple of months? Is he a trade deadline guy? Like, what are we thinking happens here? I have no idea because I've never, this is unprecedented. It's totally unprecedented. I would think the black cloud that's been following Jimmy Butler would just like get too loud and too distracting that they wouldn't even want this guy on the team anymore. Well, so, here's the other thing. Like there's a whole wrinkle. Like what if they're good? Like what if the T-Wolves are good? What if they force him to play and they win and they're like a sixth seed or a seventh seed come the trade deadline? What do you do? I don't do you know. Shit or get up, you know, like get <laughs> off the pot. I don't, I don't know. You almost like want to be like, just get this guy away from like Carl Anthony Towns because he's our future. Uh, yeah. Jimmy Butler is here literally for the next season, maybe season and a half. So, like, why are we investing so much into this clubhouse cancer situation? That's yeah. li- like that's sowing seeds of doubt and dissent into our young, talented players, our franchise players that we have given max money to. Like Carl Anthony Towns seems shook. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. I think also like we can't underestimate that. Coach Thibodeau is probably, he's like coaching for his job. So like if if the team does well, he'll get to stick around this season. And if the team misses the playoffs, he's probably going to get fired or maybe lose his GM responsibilities. Like there's going to be some consequence if the team doesn't make the playoffs this year. So it's in his best interest to have the most talent possible on the team. And he's the guy that was responsible for bringing Jimmy Butler in. So he has a vested interest in not trading Jimmy. That's the problem. Um, That's like the, it's the alignment of priorities that like, totally. the GM, the coach, when they're the same person, they need to win now and yes. they're willing to sacrifice four or five, <laughs> six years from now because hell, right. they might not be there four or five, they six They might not have now. a job. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never seen anything like this. I have no idea how it will end, but um, it certainly seems like he shouldn't be there, but you know, they're kind of defying the odds by keeping him there and forcing him to play and he's playing pretty well. <laughs> Yeah, and the way he's going about doing it is so bizarre, like yelling that you need me to win, but also trade me. Like, I'm not, I don't even understand the internal logic within the Jimmy Butler camp of what the fuck are they trying to get out of this thing? If you're trying to get traded, would you say you can't fucking win without me? Is that the is that the message you want to be yelling at your GM? Or would you say, look, I'm going to play poorly. Um, so it'll fuck you guys over to keep me. So trade me for pennies on the dollar because at the end of the day, you don't want me ruining your team. Right. But that's not what he's doing either. uh, I have no idea what he wants. I don't, I don't like, I literally don't know if he wants, I don't know if he actually wants to be traded or if he just wants an extension. Like I read that he declined an extension of like $120 million or something like that. He, yeah. he declined, yeah, he declined a $110 million extension in July. Yeah. And, and this past summer, Carl Anthony Towns got a super max extension worth 190 million. <laughs> yeah. So like part of me just thinks he's like being petty and bitter. And it was like, I should be getting that much money. I should be getting Carl Anthony Towns kind of money. Right. And, and you're not paying it to me. So trade me. Yep. So like, I, I'm unclear if he actually wants to be on a new team, if he wants different teammates, if he wants more money, it's just so, it's just so weird. Yeah. Why don't, 
And it's, he seems very honest. He should just, you know, break into a practice and start yelling what exactly he wants so that we, at least yeah, we right, understand. Right, right. Just scream <laughs> Let at me. Let me be very me. clear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's take a look at some lines, NBA lines. Okay. We got into cool. betting, betting these, um, these games last year. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to make this a recurring thing now that there's actual games, actual basketball to be played. Uh, let's take a look at some of these lines. Let's guess some of these lines. And then it, okay. let me know if there's anything you like, and I'll, I'll bet it for you or for okay. me or for the Great. fans. Let's see if okay. we can win some money together. Um, all right. So we got three games tonight. We got Philly okay. at Detroit. Uh, ben Simmons might not play. He's got a sore back. Uh, okay. We got the Clippers at Pelicans and uh, Kings Nuggets. So let's just start with some line guesses. I can see the lines. So let's see how good you are. Uh, Sixers at Detroit without Ben Simmons. What would you Sixers, what would you put that line at? Sixers at Detroit without Ben Simmons. That's right. I would say if Ben if Ben Simmons was playing at Detroit, I w- if Ben Simmons were playing, I would say I would guess like it would probably be Philly minus let's say three and a half or four. But without him playing, I would say it's maybe. Is it like Detroit plus one? That's really close. I mean, it, so it opened it, at Philly minus two and a half with Ben Simmons. Uh, and the news moved the line to Detroit being a minus one. So they're a slight favorite. Yeah, You're, you're bullish on the Pistons. You picked them first Pistons mm-hmm. over. Do you think they can yeah. take down the Sixers without Simmons at home? I do. I do. I do. I do. I think, you know, like, look, I drafted the Sixers over in our, in our um, over-under draft. I got I got concerns. I mean, I could have honestly been talked into drafting Sixers under as well. Like right. like I said on that podcast, I think they just have such variance and expectations. Yeah. Like they could totally exceed or underperform, but I, I have questions about them. Like they just don't have enough outside shooting right now. You know, you're not seeing I'm I'm not confident in Ben Simmons's jump shot. I'm not confident in Markel Fultz's jump shot. So with Simmons out tonight, it's it's gonna be a lot of like dumping the ball into Embiid in the post and him just kind of plotting and you know, banging down low and yeah. um I don't know. I, I think the Pistons could win that game. Yeah. Have you heard the theory that Simmons is shooting with his wrong hand? He's right handed. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. makes sense. Like if you if you were forced to shoot left handed in a game, you also wouldn't feel very comfortable shooting threes. He, I don't know he why do, he's shooting left doesn't he do everything else with his right yeah like, i think he yeah and yeah i don't know man it's weird. I, it's weird so you're giving the pistons a strong maybe a strong yes uh i i mean so it's it's pistons minus one yeah it's basically a pick yeah i like that yeah. i like that okay clippers at nolens norlands has only played two games this year i like i like scheduled discrepancies like that where some teams have played four games before some teams have played three um yeah. norlands is two and oh uh, Clippers are two and one. Clippers are traveling to New Orleans. Where would, you, where would you guess that at line? New Orleans. So, and everyone's healthy. Like they're there. I don't need to worry yeah, about no anyone missing report. the game, right? Yep. Man, I, I got to be honest. I am really bullish on the Pelicans. Yeah. Uh, if they're at home tonight, I expect them to continue winning big, and I would imagine Vegas does well. So the only thing I would caution is Vegas trying to tempt us, you know, with like some ridiculous. Uh, some ridiculous, some ridiculous money line. I would say it's probably something like, I would feel comfortable betting anything that was like New Orleans minus six. 
That's great. You nailed it. Six and a half. It opened at six okay. and it's drifting up. So it opened at six. People are betting the Pelicans. Uh, and and the- it's it's like <laughs> trending towards like minus seven, eight. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would hop on that now. But like once it hits like New Orleans minus eight, yeah. I'd, I'd be like, come on, cool it. You know, this is the best part. Over under. I don't know if I've ever seen an over under line set this high. Over under, uh, for those of you who don't know, is the total points scored in this game. Uh, oh, what do you think the what do you think the over under right now is set at? What would what would so, make you bet the under basically? Yeah. So what did I say before that through two games New Orleans had 140 points, <laughs> and I think the Cl- the Clippers are probably around like 105, 110. Yeah. So I would say anything under. Let's say like I would be interested in betting anything <laughs> under like 230. It's 239. Jesus Christ. <laughs> They're setting the line at roughly a 123-117 game. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Is that one of those things where it's like everyone's going to be betting the over, they can't put the line high enough, and now the smart money's on the under, perhaps? Yes. Yeah, I do. I think I think Vegas is smart. They're like, ooh, people are going to see that they've you know scored 140 points through two games. Yeah. It's like, take it easy. That's not sustainable. I like know. that. I like, like the 239. I like under 239 right there as like a smart play. Yeah, me too. Do you I like mean, that more than, gonna, do you like that the, more than the Pelicans Clippers minus seven? will play hard. Yeah. Um, do I like that more than the, than, uh, minus seven? Uh, yeah, I think I do. Yeah. Okay. So, so far we got the, the Pistons minus one, just the Pistons to win at home against the Sixers mm-hmm. without Simmons. seems like mm-hmm. a smart, smart money line bet. Uh, we have the <laughs> Clippers Pelicans under 239. And yeah. then, so let's go to the late game, which is the Kings, who just beat the Thunder in OKC. Did not see that coming. Wow. Uh, the the Kings at Denver. The Kings oh, at Denver. What would you at guess that Denver. line is? Perhaps what the worst the team. Line? The worst team right now in the West versus maybe the best. Maybe the best. Um, Nuggets are three and zero. Oh. And the when was the last time the Kings played? Was that was, last night? I think it was two nights ago at OKC. Two nights ago. Okay, they so just they, have they just ran over OKC. I think they scored you know, one thirty something in that game. Isn't there that theory that like when teams travel to Denver, the altitude really like zaps them and stuff? Yeah, it's a tough place to win. It's a tough place to play, right? The, the say... Nuggets just beat the Warriors, so now they got the Kings coming in. Is it a letdown game or is it a hey, let's keep the good times rolling kind of game? I could see there being a little letdown effect. So I would guess that, again, Vegas is going to try to goose us into being silly with our money. Yep. So I'm going to say they're going to tell us that it's like Denver minus seven. And I would would say I think the game is going to be closer than that. I would still expect the Nuggets to win, but I would guess that it's going to be closer than that. But Uh, what's the line? You tell me. So if you you like the Nuggets, or if you like the Kings to keep it within seven, then you're going to love the Kings plus 11 and a half. Holy shit. 11 and a half? They're expecting a straight up blowout. They're basically saying the Kings aren't as good as the team that won in OKC. The Nuggets are rested at home, just beat the Warriors. They're going to win by at least 11 and a half. Man, I don't know. How do you feel about that? I would I would take the points there, but then at the same time, I'm going to look real silly when it's 47 to 19 after one. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I know. I know. The Nuggets I know. just have the like the Nuggets. I'm have not real so confident ever. 
I'm never really confident about like endorsing the Kings or yeah. getting behind the Kings, but plus that 11 just and seems a half. like a lot of points. It's yeah, a lot of that's points. That's just a lot of points. Okay, yeah. so let's do this little three game parlay, which pays okay. roughly six to one. Okay. Uh, sorry, eight to one. We're going to take the Pistons to win. Okay. We're going to take right. the Pelicans, Clippers under 239. And then we're going right. to take the Kings plus 11 and a half. That's going to give us rooting interest all the way to oh, 9. Oh, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's going to give us rooting interest all the way to 9 p.m. Pacific if the first two hit. Great. You want to put 20 to win 80-ish on that? Sorry, 20 yeah, to win we... 160-ish on that. Let's do it. I can send you a Venmo. I like that. Uh, all right. Anything else you wanted to talk about before we let you go? I think we touched upon uh, everything I wanted to talk about, which was the Lakers, the Spurs, the fights. Uh, why offense is so high in the NBA, Jimmy Butler situation. We made some bets. We revisited our over-under lines. Is there anything yeah. that I'm missing? Uh, I, You know, we got to the Lakers stuff. I mean, other than the Lakers, is there I, the only thing I would be curious, is there a team that you're, you know, really curious and watching, aside from the Lakers, that you're especially interested in, fascinated with, whether it's a team or a player, anyone that, like, storylines that you're watching yeah i'm i'm watching the rookies really closely i feel like deandre yeah. ayton is having a very 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 quiet beastly season really with all these teams like around him performing uh like doing some crazy things like the lakers like jimmy butler and all this stuff uh the yeah. suns played last night does anybody know about that do you know ayton no. had, you know ayton who's uh <laughs> a one and done player in his third game had 20 uh. and 14 like, Dude, imagine really? if he did that for the Lakers. That's all anything anybody would be talking about. Nobody is talking about DeAndre Ayton. Uh, right, Luka right. Doncic looks great. Even Trey Young, 35 and 11 in his third game as a 19, 20 I mean, year old. How do you make sense of Trey Young? I mean, like, that, that to me is like the biggest telltale sign that the league is moving in a faster paced direction. The scoring is just like, we may, we may see something unprecedented because I think Trey Young the other day had something like 35 points and yes. 14 assists. Yes. It's like in his third game of the year. It's, That's it's fucking just crazy. Nuts. Have you ever seen like a picture? There's pictures of him shooting when he releases the ball. Uh, his mm. left hand, his non shooting hand, is so far away from his right hand. I've never seen anything. It's almost like a one-handed set shot. Like, he moves his uh, non-shooting hand so far off the ball, and he's just launching that thing so straight and accurately with just one hand. It's pretty awesome. Wait, he takes, his, he takes his non-shooting hand off the ball? Not, even, not just off, because a lot of people, you know, like, have it drift off a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. His non-shooting hand is, like, two feet away. Oh, my God. Wow, yeah. I have to see that. There's, wow, there's some photos of him with a ball still in his right hand. His left hand is literally, like, two, three feet away from the shooting hand. Crazy. Um, one last thing that I sent you that maybe we can touch on because it's news and yeah. notes from around the league is the sure. one, $1 million New Balance intern. Uh, oh, that's right. Darius Basley, who was going to play for Syracuse until Rich Paul and Clutch Sports came up to him. He's like, you know what? How about instead of playing in college basketball for a meaningless season, mm-hmm. we set you up with a New Balance deal that might be worth $15 million. We'll give you a million dollars guaranteed to become their quote-unquote intern and you can play in the G League. They're basically I, reinventing the rules, rewriting the system. You talk about like taking advantage of the legal system. They're basically saying, you know, if you're a great high school player, you don't have to play in college anymore. We're going to give you cash. To create, they're trying to create like a, com- a competition against the NCAA. Like, it's just, it's crazy. I, I think it's brilliant. I, the best part about it is that he's going to have an internship. Um, <laughs> yeah, is he really running? I mean, like, what do you? What do you, what do you have an intern? Like, what do you have a one million dollar intern do for you? Yeah, you know? I guess like, Xerox yeah. copy. Can you give me coffee. 
print yeah. print cash uh, just to I make <laughs> the, the $1 million internship. Holy like shit. Like he does the social media accounts, but he's also like a millionaire. I, I'm with, crazy. I'm, crazy. I'm with you. It is brilliant because, yeah. you know, there's there's a market for it. The, the NCAA has been like kind of run amok, almost like a monopoly for so long. They're creating these rules. They're forcing their hand. They're making these 18-year-olds play for nothing. Uh, yeah. Good on, good on Clutch Sports for finding a market for these players who don't necessarily need to go to college. What is, what is Zion Williamson majoring in at Duke? You know, is he taking, <laughs> is he taking art history classes? Do, do these players need to be playing college basketball for six months? Uh, Tell you what, I bet he'd uh, love an internship at New Balance. <laughs> How about I give fucking Zion Williamson an internship at HeadGum, okay? How'd you, we, how'd we you like pay, to be an intern? Yeah. <laughs> we can't pay you, but we'll give you school credit, Zion. If you're going to stick yeah, around at Duke for another three or four years, we'll give you a few school credits. You don't have to take an elective next year. You don't have to take physical science. You don't have to take uh, nutrition. Come be or, an intern, baby. Yeah, you don't have yeah, to take yeah. astrology. Uh, <laughs> just come be an intern uh, for HeadGum. We're, we're offering so it right now. And so good. If this goes well for this guy, this kid, uh, he's not even like the best player in the draft. Like this is, I, I read somewhere he was like in between tenth uh, and twentieth best player in college basketball. Okay. So if this goes well for him, who's to say New Balance won't be signing Zion Williams yeah, for I wonder a five what million the, dollar internship, ten million dollar internship? I wonder what other companies will offer internships. You know, <laughs> I'm telling you, Headgum is offering. Yeah. R.J. Yeah. Barrett, Zion Williamson. Who wants it? Lamelo. Everyone's gonna get in. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. Not, I, I don't even need you to finish high school, Lamelo. I want your 16 year old butt in the office. You're gonna be cutting. <laughs> your first order of business is editing this podcast. So good, so good. Uh, love it. Uh, all right, Chris. Thanks for thanks for chatting hoops with me. Good talking to you, Amir. Keep the faith. The Lakers are gonna be all right. Let's talk about uh, your podcast for a little bit. What's your What's yeah. the name of the show? What's What's so, the deal there? The show is called On the Line. I have different friends of mine from around the country talk same thing, a little NBA hoops. We talk a little gambling. We do some NBA deep dives, kind of review uh, interesting stories from the the NBA of our childhood and kind of dive deep on like what happened. Yep. We do some NBA-related drafts. So we'll, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we did a draft of best NBA hairstyles or, you know, <laughs> oh, the best off NBA signature moves. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's fun. We do some different stuff. It's fun. The, I was on an episode as well. That's so right. if you want to uh, start yeah, with something that. that you're comfortable with, it's, if you like me and Chris talking for an hour on buckets, you'll like us talking on, on the line. Uh, the, there you go. the off season is like Mad Max up until the point where they open the giant well at the end. <laughs> and now that the season yes. has started, it's just pouring storylines on yeah. us. Yeah. Every, every day it's this reality show where three to eight new episodes are happening at the same time. If you're I'm sick, so curious what's going to happen today. God, if you're sick, if you're sick of one storyline, there's something else for you. And if you're betting on these games now, you guys have something to root for. You can, you can be watching the Kings and the Nuggets play with rooting interest you can watch. I really, li- I really like this Pelicans Clippers under one thirty nine. That's absurd. Yeah, man. Oof, that's a great game to watch. Why don't we make wait. that our first buckets lock of the week? We'll we'll, we'll track how the locks do. <laughs> okay, great. Excited. Uh, all right. Thanks so much for hopping on the phone, chatting all with right. me, and uh, good talking to. You. We'll be back next week. Later, guys. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>